0: Welcome to the Hackberry House of Chosun. My name is Bob, reading today from 12 sermons on the resurrection. I'm not reading all 12 of them. That's the name of the book. It's a Charles Spurgeon book, and it has 12 different messages about the uh, season we're coming into right now, the resurrection season in the church. From the Charles Spurgeon Library, we started yesterday a message about the stone being rolled away and how the stone might speak to us, figuratively speaking. A fourth voice from the stone is this, here is rest provided. The angel seemed to teach us that as he sat down upon the stone, he taught us that. How leisurely the whole resurrection was effected, how noiselessly too. What an absence of pomp and parade. The angel descended, the stone was rolled away, Christ rose, and then the angel sat down on the stone. He sat there silently and gracefully, breathing defiance to the Jews and to their seal, to the Roman legionaries and their spears, to death, to earth, to hell. He did as good as say, Come and roll that stone back again, you enemies of the risen one, all you infernal powers who thought to prevail against our ever-living prince. Roll back that stone again, if so you dare, or can. The angel said not this in words, but his stately and quiet sitting upon the stone meant all that and more. The master's work is done, and done forever. And this stone, no more to be used, this unhinged door, no more employed to shut in the charnel house, is the type that it is finished, finished so as never to be undone, finished so as to last eternally, you yon resting angel, softly whispers to us, come, come hither, And rest also. There is no fuller, better, surer, safer rest for the soul than in the fact that the Savior in whom we trust has risen from the dead. Do you mourn departed friends today? O come and sit upon this stone, which tells you they shall rise again. Do you soon expect to die? Is the worm at the root? Have you the flush of consumption on your cheek? O oh, come and sit you down upon this stone and bethink you that death has lost its terror now, for Jesus has risen from the tomb. Come, you too, you, you feeble and trembling ones, and breathe defiance to death and hell. The angel will vacate his seat for you and let you sit down in the face of the enemy. Though you be but a humble woman or a man broken down and wan and languid with long years of weary sickness, you may well defy the hosts of hell while resting down upon this precious truth. He is not here, but he is risen. He has left the dead no more to die. Every note with wonders swell, sin or throne and captive hell. Where is hell's once dreaded king? Where, O death, thy mortal sting? In the fifth place, that stone was a boundary appointed. Do you not see it so? Behold it then, there it lies, and the angel sits upon it. On that side, see what you? The, The guards affrighted, stiffened with fear, like dead men? On this side, what see you? The timid, trembling women to whom the angel softly speaks, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus. You see then that stone became the boundary between the living and the dead, between the seekers and the haters, between the friends and the foes of Christ. To his enemies, his resurrection is a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. As of old, on Mars Hill, when the sages heard of the resurrection, they mocked. But to his own people, the resurrection is the headstone of the corner. Our Lord's resurrection is our triumph and delight. The resurrection acts much in the same manner as the pillar which Jehovah placed between Israel and Egypt. It was darkness to Egypt, but it gave light to Israel. All was dark amidst Egypt's hosts, but all was brightness and comfort amongst Israel's tribes. And so the resurrection is a doctrine full of horror to those who know not Christ and trust him not. What have they to gain by resurrection? Oh, the horrors of that tremendous morning when every sinner shall rise and the risen Saviour shall come in the clouds of heaven and all the holy angels with him. Truly, there is nothing but dismay for those who are on the evil side of that resurrection stone. But how great the joy which the resurrection brings to those who are on the right side of that stone. How they look for his appearing with daily growing transport. How they build upon the sweet truth that they shall rise and with these eyes their Savior see. I would have you ask yourselves this morning, in which side are you of that boundary stone now? Have you life in Christ? Are you risen with Christ? Do you trust alone in him who rose from the dead? If so, fear not ye. The angel comforts you and Jesus cheers you. But oh, if you have no life in Christ but are dead while you live, let the very thought that Jesus is risen strike you with fear and make you tremble. For tremble well you may at that which awaits you. Sixthly, I can see that this stone may be used, and properly too, as foreshadowing ruin. Our Lord came into this world to destroy all the works of the devil. Behold before you the works of the devil. Pictured as a grim and horrible castle, massive and terrible, overgrown with the moss of ages, Colossal, stupendous, cemented with blood of men, ramparted by mischief and craft, Surrounded with deep trenches and garrisoned with friends, excuse me, with fiends, A structure dread enough to cause despair to every one who goeth round about it to count its towers, and mark its bulwarks. In the fullness of time, our champion came into the world to destroy the works of the devil. During his life, he sounded an alarm at the great castle and dislodged here and there a stone, for the sick were healed, the dead were raised, and the poor had the gospel preached to them. But on the resurrection morning, the huge fortress trembled from top to bottom. Huge rifts were in its walls, and tottering were all its strongholds. A stronger than the master of that citadel had evidently entered it, and was beginning to overturn, overturn, from pinnacle to basement. One huge stone, upon which the building much depended, a cornerstone, which knit the whole fabric together, was lifted bodily from its bed, and hurled to the ground. Jesus tore the huge granite stone of death from its position, and so gave a sure token that every other would follow. When that stone was rolled away from Jesus' sepulcher, it was a prophecy that every stone of Satan's building should come down, and not one should rest upon another of all that the powers of darkness had ever piled up, from the days of their first apostasy even unto the end. Brethren, That stone rolled away from the door of the sepulchre gives me glorious hope. Evil is still mighty, but evil will come down. Spiritual wickedness reigns in high places. The multitudes still clamor after evil. The nations still sit in thick darkness. Many worship the scarlet woman of Babylon. Others bow before the crescent of Mohammed, And millions bend themselves before blocks of wood and stone. The dark places and habitations of the earth are full of cruelty still. But Christ has given such a shiver to the whole fabric of evil that, that depend upon it, every stone will be certain to fall. We have but to work on, use the battering ram of the gospel, continue each one to keep in his place, and like the hosts around Jericho, to sound the trumpet still. And the day must come when every hoary evil, every colossal superstition, shall be laid low, even with the ground, and the prophecy shall be fulfilled. Overturn, overturn, overturn it, and it shall be no more, until he comes, whose right it is, and I will give it him. That loosened stone on which the angel sits is the sure prognostic of the coming doom of everything that is base and vile. Rejoice, ye sons of God, for Babylon's fall draweth near. Sing, O heavens and earth, for there shall not an evil be spared. Verily I say unto you, there shall not be one stone left upon another which shall not be cast down. Thus has the stone preached to us. We will pause a while and hear what the angel has to say. The angel preached two ways. He preached in symbol and he preached in words. Preaching in symbol is very popular with a certain party nowadays. The gospel is to be seen by the eye, they tell us, and the people are to learn from the change of colors. At various seasons, such as blue and green and violet, exhibited on the priest and the altar, and by lace and by candles and by banners and by cruets and shells full of water, they are even to be taught or led by the nose, which is to be indulged with smoke of incense, and drawn by the ears, which are to listen to hideous intonings or to dainty canticles. Now, Mark well that the angel was a symbolical preacher, with his brow of lightning and his robe of snow. But you will please to notice, for whom the symbols were reserved. He did not say a word to the keepers, not a word. He gave them the symbolical gospel. That is to say, he looked upon them and his glance was lightning. He revealed himself to them in his snow-white garments, and no more. Mark how they quake and tremble. That is the gospel of symbols. And wherever it comes, it condemns. It can do no other. Why, the old Mosaic law of symbols, where did it end? How few ever reached its inner meaning. The mass of Israel fell into idolatry and the symbolic system became death to them. The gospel message is, here, and your soul shall live. Incline your ear, and come unto me. This is the life-giving message. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. But, O oh, perverse generation, if you look for symbols and signs, you shall be deluded with the devil's gospel, and fall a prey to the destroyer. Now we will listen to the angel's sermon in words. Thus only is a true gospel to be delivered. Christ is the word, and the gospel is a gospel of words and thoughts. It does not appeal to the eye. It appeals to the ear and to the intellect and to the heart. It is a spiritual thing and can only be learned by those whose spirits are awakened to grasp at spiritual truth. The first thing the angel said was, Fear not ye. Oh, this is the very genius of our risen Savior's gospel. Fear not ye. Ye who would be saved, ye who would follow Christ, ye need not fear. Did the earthquake? Fear not ye. God can preserve you through the earth, and though it be burned with fire. Did the angel descend in terrors? Fear not ye. There are no terrors in heaven for the child of God who comes to Jesus' cross and trusts his soul to him who bled thereon. Poor women! Is it the dark that alarms you? Fear not, ye. God sees and loves you in the dark, and there is nothing in the dark or in the light beyond his control. Are you afraid to come to a tomb? Does a sepulcher alarm you? Fear not! You cannot die! Since Christ has risen, though you were dead, yet should you live. Oh, the comfort of the gospel. Permit me to say there is nothing in the Bible to make any man fear who puts his trust in Jesus. Nothing in the Bible did I say there is nothing in heaven, nothing on earth, nothing in hell that need make you fear who trust in Jesus. Fear not ye, the past you need not fear, it is forgiven. The present you need not fear, it is provided for. The future also is secured by the living power of Jesus. Because I live, saith he, ye shall live also. Fear? Why, that were comely and seemly when Christ was dead. But now that he lives, there remains no space for it. Do you fear your sins? They're all gone, for Christ had not risen if he had not put them all away. What is it you fear? If an angel bids you fear not, why will you fear? If every wound of the risen Savior and every act of your reigning Lord consoles you, why are you still dismayed? To be doubting and fearing and trembling now that Jesus has risen is an inconsistent thing in any believer. Jesus is able to succor you in all your temptations, seeing he ever liveth to make intercession for you, he is able to save you to the uttermost. Therefore do not fear. Notice the next words. Fear not ye, for I know. What? Does an angel know the women's hearts? Did the angel know what Magdalene was about? Do spirits read our spirits? Tis well, but oh, "'Tis better to remember that our Heavenly Father knows. Fear not ye, for God knows what is in your heart. You have never made an avowal of anxiety about your soul. You are you are too bashful even for that. You have not even proceeded so far as to dare to say that you hope you love Jesus, but God knows your desires. Poor heart, you feel as if you could not trust and could not do anything that is good, but You do at least desire. You do at least seek. All this God knows. With pleasure he spies out your desires. Fear not, for your heavenly Father knows. Lie still, poor patient, for the surgeon knows where the wound is and what it is that ails thee. Hush, my child, be still upon thy great parent's bosom, for he knows all. And ought not that content thee, for his care is as infinite as his knowledge? Then the angel went on to say, Fear not, for I know that you seek Jesus, which was crucified. Now there was room for comfort here. They were seeking Jesus. Though the world had crucified him, though the many had turned aside and left him, they were clinging to him in loving loyalty. Now is there anyone here who can say, Though I am unworthy to be a follower of Christ and often think that he will reject me, yet there is one thing I am sure of. I would not be afraid of the fear of man for his sake. My sins make me fear, but no man could do it. I would stand at his side if all the world were against him. I would count it my highest honor that the crucified one of the world should be the adored one of my heart. Let all the world cast him out. If he would but take me in, poor, unworthy, worm as I am, I would never be ashamed to own his blessed and gracious name. Ah, then do not fear. For if that is how you feel towards Christ, he will own you in the last great day. If you are willing to own him now, fear not. And then he adds, he is not here. For he is risen. Here is the instruction which the angel gives. After giving comfort, he gives instruction. Your great ground and reason for consolation seeker is that you do not seek a dead Christ, and you do not pray to a buried Savior, he's really alive. Today he is as able to relieve you if you go to your closet and pray to him as he was to help the poor blind man when he was on earth. He is as willing today to accept and bless you as he was to bless the leper or to heal the paralytic. Go to him then at once, poor seeker. Go to him with holy confidence, for he is not here. He would be dead if he were. He is risen, living and reigning to answer your request. The angel bade the holy women investigate the empty tomb. But almost immediately after, he gave them a commission to perform on their Lord's behalf. Now, if any seeker here has been comforted by the thought that Christ lives to save, let him do as the angel said. Let him go and tell to others of the good news that he has heard. O you who have learned of Christ, keep not the blessed secret to yourselves. Today, in some way or other, I pray you, make known that Jesus Christ is risen. Pass the watchword around, as the ancient Christians did. On the first day of the week they said to one another, The Lord is risen indeed. If any ask you what you mean by it, you will then be able to tell them the whole of the gospel. For this is the essence of the gospel, that Jesus Christ died for our sins and rose again the third day according to the scriptures, died the substitute, for us criminals, rose the representative of us pardoned sinners, died that our sins might die, lives again that our souls may live. Diligently invite others to come and trust Jesus. Tell them that there is life for the dead in a look at Jesus crucified. Tell them that look is a matter of a soul. It's a simple confidence. Tell them that None ever did confide in Christ and were cast away. Tell them what you have felt as the result of your trusting Jesus. And who can tell? Many disciples will be added to his church. A risen Savior will be glorified, and you will be comforted by what you have seen. The Lord follow these feeble words with his own blessing. For Christ's sake. Amen. Charles Spurgeon. This is the Hackberry House of Chosun. Lord willing, we'll talk again soon. Bye-bye.